I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And you're joining us for our podcast, Real Things That Really Matter. Yes, you are. What do you think, Matt? I think today we're going to talk about, does God really love us, every one of us, unconditionally? Does, Does he love us unconditionally? No matter what. Now, you may be thinking, well, that one's really easy. Yeah, it does um, sound easy, doesn't it? Of course he does. And you as listeners, you're like, well, yeah, of course God really loves us. It's, it's, it's told to me since I'm like a baby. But I want to I really break this down because if we can grasp the concept of how much God loves us, it starts to change the way we see ourselves. So I was a kid. And I was raised in kind of a legalistic uh, genre of church life. There was rules, there was checklists, there was a lot of don'ts. There wasn't a whole lot of do's, there was a lot of don'ts. And I started to get the idea that, yeah, God loves me, but he'll stop loving me if I don't make the checklist. You see what I'm saying? Right, yeah. yeah there's, there's a criteria you have to get his love to, to earn it. Yeah, yeah, you have to earn it. Hmm. Because what do we do in our society? Well, to get anything, you have to you have to work. You have to earn it. You have to earn. And it. typically, yeah, unless you get really lucky. Yeah. And it just falls right in your lap. But most of the time, yeah, you have to you have to earn it. You have to reap your reward. Yeah. And so, I I went under this assumption that well, I must have made God so mad that He couldn't love me anymore because I haven't done anything right for so many years. Right. And so I did. A lot of not good things. Right. Me too. I felt guilty. Felt shamed. I felt lost. I felt empty. I felt all these things. And I knew that, well, God absolutely couldn't love me. Even though I knew that God loves everyone. Right. Hmm. So it hit me today as, as I was thinking, how many other people feel that way? I don't know, but there's a bunch. I've, I've felt in my life sometimes that God doesn't love me either. And I was like, but more or less, it's it's negative self-talk about me not loving myself. Yeah. Most of the time, if not all the time. It's kind it's of a... not loving myself, yeah. And God has certainly not loved the th- some of the things that I've done. A lot of the things I've done, I know that. But he still loves me. And he still loves you too, listener. No matter what. That's right. So but he does this. expect things from us. He, that's why he created us. Mm. And he created us to have a relationship with him. And so there is one thing that is conditional. Right. And that is what? That we accept him into our lives. Salvation. Salvation. Salvation through Jesus Christ right, is exactly. a choice. Right. There's a condition. I have to choose. Correct. But... When I realize that God loves me no matter what I've done, no matter what I'll do, uh, no matter what road I pick, you know, there's the story of the prodigal son, and I love that story because uh, it explains so many things. Like everybody looks at it, not maybe not everyone, I should not use qualifying language that way. Most people that I've talked to, at the first time they read that story, they look at the son. Oh, I'm the prodigal. I, I left and I did stupid things and I came back and yeah, that's one aspect of the story. But what about the father? You know, in the, in the Hebrew culture, what the father did was scandalous. When Jesus was telling this story, it was so 
preposterous that people paid attention. Because one, the father would never have given the younger son his inheritance before he died. Right. Never. And then he gave it to him free and clear and said, okay, go away. That's fine. You do what you want to do. Um, the son is essentially spit in his father's face and said, I wish you were dead. Right. And yet he still gave him the inheritance and let him go. Right. And you also have to understand that in that culture, it's not like he had a bunch of liquidated assets just sitting there like at the bank. And he just says, okay, here's, here's $5 million. Go, go wild. Yeah. No. And he, he and all of his, all of his assets are, are, you know, in land and, 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 you know, commodities and livestock and so forth. So he would have to have gone and sold those. Yeah. And given his son something. And let him take it and do whatever he yeah. was going to do. So he would have had to sold, uh, sell part of his, you know, a good chunk of his, of his property. Right. And so this is an outrageous story. Right. And most, most Hebrew men, if this would have happened, would have just kicked him to the curb and said, you know, uh, you're not worthy to be my son. But yet the father gave it to him, all of his inheritance, let him go. And then when you read through the whole story, realize that every day he must have been sitting there watching the road to see if his son would come back. Right. Because it says at the very end, when the son finally decided to return, the father saw him from a long ways off. Mm-hmm. He had his radar up for sure. And he started running to his son. Yes. Now, when Jesus is telling this story, he's talking about the kingdom of God. He is. And he's explaining how the Father loves us. So I don't want to miss that because we got to understand no matter what we do, no matter who, you know, no matter what path we've taken, God loves us. And the son coming back is a symbol of salvation. He made the choice to come back. He had to make a choice. He did. So you look at this story, and what does it do when you realize that somebody loves you no matter what? Well, in my view, God is the only one who can do that. I don't know that I've had anybody in my life that loves me no matter what. I'm, my daughter probably loves me no matter what. But as she gets older, she may not. Yeah, for now. For, <laughs> for now, now, at least she loves you. You're, you're like hero daddy. Yeah, yeah. She's eight. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, let's, let's ask me another eight years how she feels. So, anyway. Or two. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Yeah, mine's, mine's 12. So. <laughs> right. She still loves me. Though, okay, good. I think. Good, good, good. Yeah, so, and, you know, I think that maybe God is the only one who can love unconditionally. In the, in, the, in the way that he does. I mean, we we try to love like God and try to be and love unconditionally, but we're still human. So yeah. we have our human frailties and we have these limits. We have a glass ceiling there and, you know, it's, it's, we can't love perfectly like God loves. No, no, we'll fail. No. I've always told people when I was a youth pastor, I would tell my kids, the youth kids, I'd say, I will fail you. Do not put me on a pedestal. And they would look at me really funny. And I said, if you've got me on a pedestal, I need to be off. Right. Because I will fail you. Not intentionally. I don't want to, but I will. Because I'm human. Right. And so you, you, you try to do the right thing. You try to love like Christ. But 
ultimately you have to find your definition of love through him, through Jesus. Because if I base it only on human ability, I'll find out that love always fails. And that's not a good place to be. No, it isn't. But, you know, when you think about what God did, if you ever question, does God really love me? Well, he loved you enough to send his own son to die for you. Mm. And I'm not sure that was an easy thing for God to do. I can't imagine that it was, no. No, and it certainly wasn't easy to see him sitting up there on the cross and, you know, having all the sin cast on him. Mm. And... That's and it was so evil and so hideous that even God couldn't look at it at the moment that it was all happening. And he and that's when Jesus cried out and says, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Yeah. Total separation. There was total separation right there at that moment. And so and he did that with his own son to save all of humanity. And when we don't recognize that and accept Christ. In a way, they're, we're all being the prod. Anyone who doesn't do that is being the prodigal son and spitting in God's face and saying, "No, I don't want your gift." Mm. And that's pretty heavy. Yeah, and it's insulting to God. But He'll still love you no matter what. But there also are consequences for doing that. There's consequences for everything we do. There is. There is. Romans. 5, 6 says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. In Romans 5, 8, But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, that's it. You were just, you said it. It wasn't that I earned his his forgiveness or his salvation gift or his love. Right. You can't earn it. I didn't earn the right for him to form me in creating me and making a plan for me and finding all the good things that could possibly be in my life if I decided to so choose his plan. Right. I, I didn't earn any of that. And yet he as the good father and the artist that he is said, I am going to make a mic and not just any mic, but only this mic can be this mic. Right. And he said that when he made you, Matt, he did, I'm going to make a mat and not just any mat. You know, there's lots of mics and mats, but there's only one of me and there's only one of you. That's correct. And I didn't earn that. Right. You start to break this down and you can feel that the love is there so profoundly, so deeply, so vast and wide, like nothing ever experienced, no matter how good or how bad your life has been. Right. I believe, and I know from my personal experience, that's what started to change my mind into wanting to know more about who this God is. Right. Well, and I can also take it from another one's point of view, who, someone who's out there who's had a really miserable life and says, um, I didn't earn this. 
They can also say, you know what? I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for God to make me. I didn't mm. ask to be born. I didn't ask for this life. And I really don't like my life. And I really wish he wouldn't have made me. And if he really knew what he was doing, he wouldn't have. Yeah. Sort of saying, why did you do this to me, God? And if you really loved me, you wouldn't have made me at all because I'm so miserable and I hate my life so much. And I'm, you know, it's so terrible every single day. Mm. And that's a real, that's a reality. Yeah. That is. I know people that are like that. And I've, I've been through seasons of my life that have felt like that. Right, right. And you turn on the television and you look at people, you know, all across the world. They're like, man, that's really tough on them. Yeah. Right. And I can see where there's, you know, hundreds of millions of people that feel that way. It's like, you know, I've been better off if I was never born. So if God really loves me. Right. Then how can I feel this way? Well, God has a plan and his ways are higher than our ways. And we have to find out what that plan is. And he created you for a reason. And if you're still breathing and you're still listening and, you can, and you're still moving around, he's got a plan. He's not done with you. He's not done with you. But I would speak into that because, and this is almost going to be like a branch off of our podcast here. So bear with us, listeners. But I would speak into that because we, we focus on God's love and we need to, and we need to realize that. But when situations like that happen or the traumas that hit us in life or the the tragic loss of a loved one or whatever it is that's horrible and, and is not understandable, mental illness, um, all of these things. There's the other side of where we are right now that we still have to realize. And that's, we live in a broken world. It's not fixed here. It is not fixed. It's not redeemed as a, as a whole. There's still, sin in the world. There's still battles going on, the warfare between good and evil. Even though Jesus has won, there's still a war. And, you know, I, I've kind of had this thought in my mind and I don't, you can, you can take it, um, or you can call me out, but in a war, there's casualties. In a war, bad things happen. Right. And it's not God's intent that Anybody is hurt or lost, but it is Satan's intent that everyone is hurt and lost. Correct. And so, yeah. What do you do? What do you do? Exactly. You hold on to God's love and you understand that it's real and that he didn't intend for things to go wrong. Right. It wasn't in his plan for things to go wrong. But even in the bad, right. and, and here's a verse that everybody uses in a lot of times out of context, but God will work everything out for the good of those who love him. For those who are called according to his purpose. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's going to be your expectation of good. Right. Because we're still in a broken world. Yes, we are. And that was kind of a side a side trail, but I wanna I wanted to say that for the listeners that are out there, they're saying, "Yeah, but you don't understand." Just like you said, Matt, you don't understand. I don't feel joy. I don't feel any type of happiness. I I wish that I wasn't even here. This doesn't even make sense. I acknowledge that, and it is real, and it's a horrible place to be, and it's a hard place to be, and uh, I we would love to hear from you. We would love to be able to kind of walk through that with you. I also would like to say you're not alone. You're not. 
You're not alone. Yeah. And I've talked to people that said, you know, hey, I wish my mom would have terminated my, her pregnancy with me. And I, I, I think that's horrible. And it's like, I'm so miserable and I, I hate myself so much. I wake up every day and I wish that I hadn't. And now that leads into, that really leads into the next part of this is in the salvation. Yeah. So we get to these points and we're broken and we have trauma and we have heartache and we have all of these things that have been, that have been bad in our lives. And Jesus says, I've been here and I want to walk through this with you. Would you just make the step, make the choice to accept me, to let me help, to let me come in? And that's the conditional part of the gift. But when we do that, that's when he, he starts to walk with us through healing the traumas and the hurts and the things that have gone wrong. It's not a guarantee. It's not a formula. It doesn't make everything better instantly. Uh, but there is peace in that process. Um, you know, I, I was a really heavy drinker. I was, I was in drugs. I was in drinking. I was, I was chasing women in ways that I was unhealthy. Um, I created a lot of emotional damage and, and spiritual damage to myself. And when I accepted Jesus and let him come into my life, he started to walk with me one thing at a time and healing the brokenness in me. Right. I was, I was under the impression that once I got done drinking, you know, once I gave that up, everything would just be great. Right. And, and that was the first step. Right. Well, you were saved first before you started drinking them. This is true. This is true. Yeah. And then, because our stories are similar, we're actually saved as little kids. But I didn't let him yeah. really come in. Yeah, but we didn't really walk in Christ, though. Yeah. No, not at all. I didn't, I didn't accept his help. Right. I thought I could do it. Right. And we were wrong, weren't we? And it created a lot of <laughs> heartache and wounds and yeah. infected things in my life that he's digging out now. Yes. And it's been a process, been a long process. And every time I get through a layer, he says, okay, we're, we're ready for the next one. I know. And, and we start walking through that one. <laughs> right. It's sometimes hard. I say, God, I'm exhausted. Can we stop for right. a minute? And I think you should stop. And let me talk into that. I think you should stop. And after you get into the process and you stop and then you look back and look how far you've come. Hmm. I remember my dad's a pilot and he, we were, he was with my mom in this little tiny plane and they were flying over this, over these mountains and it was a bunch of turbulence and all this type of stuff. And there was a storm and everything. And it was just bump, 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 just jarring, jarring them, jarring them, just rattling their teeth. And it went on for just forever. And my mom's like, how much further, how much longer do we have to go? And my dad said, turn around and look. And she did, and she could see how far they'd already come. They were still in it, but they had come so far. She's like, well, hey, we're making progress. Look at all that bad stuff we left behind us. We're still in the bad stuff, but we've come a long ways. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's reassuring. It is. I had... Um I, I've had that, that experience in my life. Yeah. Like I look back and, and I have to be reminded, look at all the things we've come through. Right. 
because I get down on myself that says, look at what's coming. Mm-hmm. And he only shows me the next thing. He doesn't show me ahead of the next thing. But the next thing usually floors me and I go, I can't do this. And yeah. he goes, yeah, but you, you can. Mm-hmm. With me, you can. And so when we realize God's love, and, and here I wanted to read um, 1 Corinthians. Go ahead. Because, you know, our definition of love in, a, in our culture, in our modern day world even, is skewed. And so you say love and people automatically think failure, betrayal, uh, you know, sexual, all of these things that is associated with their experience of love. And here is the definition biblically, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And this is what you look for. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And this is love. This is how God loves. This is what he wants us to love like. And it's not always a feeling. It's not always pleasant. It's not always, it's, it's very rarely easy. And love itself is a choice. Right. And like I said, we can't really love, we can't love like God loves. That's right. And we just, we just can't do it. I mean, we're humans and we have, we have limitations that God doesn't have to abide by. He has, he's God and we're not. He, he made it all. Right. Yeah. He made it all. So, And he loves us enough to give us free will. He didn't want to make a bunch of robots that would just worship him and do exactly what he said. That's right. He's like, he knows that's fake. He wants real relationships with us, real ones. And that's where, he's a real God. He wants real, he wants real relationships. He wants us to share real things that really matter. <laughs> and so you like hey, that what I did there? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. So he wants a real relationship with us and he's got real love to give us. If we would just stop and get it. Yeah. Yeah. Just be with him. Right. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. How to be with God. But I want to um, end this with, you know, if you've never given Jesus a chance, if you've always kind of wondered if somehow you tuned in today and this is the episode that you caught and you're wondering what it's all about and if the things that we're saying are real and maybe I should give this Jesus a chance. I don't want you to wonder how to do it because it's pretty simple. There's no magic dance or ritual you have to perform. You don't have to go anywhere right now in your car or in your living room or wherever you're at. All you have to do is what it says in Romans And this is it. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Simple. You confess with your mouth, you can say it right now, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins and come do life with me. And that's it. That's the first step. 
Come into my come into my life, Lord. Come into my heart, God. I want what you're giving. I'm sorry. Yeah. It can be that simple. And that's it. It's not yeah. Yeah. it's not it's not anything It's it's crazy. not a magic spell. It's just it's a heart thing. Yeah. And you gotta mean it and you gotta want it. And you believe in your heart. Yeah. And you're like, I want I want what you're giving. And yes. you can say it, you can say your prayer in any way you want to, and it can be anywhere you that you that you are. Yeah. My father accepted Jesus in the shower. I was laying in bed. Right? I was too. Yeah. Yeah. There's been people, there's mo- there's millions of stories of how somebody has come to Christ. And how you find him is your experience, and that's the beginning of you finding out who he is. Exactly. And that's yours. Right. So, Matt, is there anything you want to say to finish this out today? God does love you. And he's always going to love you in ways that you couldn't even understand. He's got infinite love. Think of the thing that you love the most in this world. Take it times takes it times a thousand, and you're not even close to the way God loves you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a in a nutshell. Yes, in a nutshell. So, and he desperately wants to have a relationship with you. So, if we even reach one person today, we're a success. That's right. So God bless you and God loves you. If you said that prayer, if you decided to make Jesus your Savior today, we would love to hear from you. If you have questions, we'd still love to hear from you. If you just want to get a hold of us and, and write us an email, it's Mike Matt Real Things at gmail.com. That's Mike Matt Real Things at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um Yeah, we're really glad you joined us today. Thank you. God bless. God bless. We'll see you next time.